Hello and welcome to a another special edition of the Free on Free podcast. We are talking GB, we are talking promotion to the World Championships. GB with five wins out of five in Nottingham. We're back at the big time and we're looking at a good time in Prague next year. Uh, the two guests, as well guests, the two joining me as usual, are David and John. And these boys actually went to the tournament. David, how are you? Um, I'm good, thank you, as as guest of the episode. Um, <laughs> no, very good, thank you. Um, just about recovered from the from the tournament, uh, as you can tell with the voice. It uh, now really good, um, great time there, and uh, great to see uh, the the, uh, the streets lined with gold. And someone who has not recovered from the tournament, he he is on the IR list. John, talk to me. Only I could do this, couldn't I? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, how do you break your rib twice in the space of five months? Um, and to do it the second time, an hour before the big game we've been waiting for for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, the difference was this time, obviously, I knew um, what the issue was because I'd done it so recently anyway. Um, I totally would not go into the game because I was in such pain. Um I was at the arena, luckily I managed to sort of score some drugs off two people in the arena, well, as in, well, you know, legal medication, um, rather than hardcore, um, to kind of get me through that little bit of time, but it was a bit of a whirlwind and a bit of a blur, and um, yeah, a bit of a disaster, I had to give my mate Tony a shout out for giving me a lift home on Saturday, um, because thank God I didn't have to drive, um, and it's the hardest, nastiest Three hours of my life, every little bump, twist and turn, it was painful. Um, so yeah, I'll give it a go. But if I've got a call at some point, my voice isn't recovered from being ill anyway. That isn't alcohol related, and like Dave's is, is probably ruined for the right reasons, and mine's just for health reasons. And uh, I'm trying to sit on my sofa as comfortable as I can. But what a warrior John is. But I'm not having these uh, my character being assassinated again. David, I'm just jealous, mate. I would happily be out until two in Pop World on Friday, rather than skulking back to my apartment on my own, just feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> that wasn't the Friday night I had planned. It was kind of a bittersweet evening. Um, so you'll be as ill as you need to be from a hangover reason, and you deserve that. And I wish I could say the same. Um, so yeah, a little bit of a little bit of jealousy, I think, on my part. Uh, we call him the diva, but yes, he, he does have another bad rib again, so I'm not going to give him too much shit. But And... Uh, Scoring drugs in Nottingham apparently is quite an easy thing, so they say. No, no problem at all. I did it within like five minutes of sitting myself. So, um, you boys were at the tournament. Before we go into the games and the review of the games, uh, start with David. What did you think of the whole tournament and how it it went in Nottingham? Uh, From from a point perspective, obviously we all had the one objective and that was complete. But from um, from an from a tournament itself. I won't lie, I was disappointed. Now, maybe we were spoilt last year in Finland where every corner, every bus, anything, it was dripping world championships. You knew you was at a tournament. There was nothing there. You had a fudge bus. You had a pizza van. And that was it. Um, I, I, I will give a shout out to, to the um, the legend, which I'll be upfront and honest. Normally, it's not a place I would go to now, but during the tournament, was uh, really good with the punters. Um, but you would not have known there was a tournament. You had the electronic sign here saying "Welcome to Nottingham World Championships." Nothing, and you, you kind of it was disappointing because you kind of knew it was going to happen. You knew that would be the case. You would have thought, you know what? Get, get, use Nottingham. Talk to the shops. Can you just put a GB flag on? Put a poster on. Make it look like you're at a tournament. Nothing, and it, it just felt really flat. I'll say this: the, the volunteers who were helping out were were great throughout. I know I had to for a couple of things. They were superb. They they were, were top dollar. The the staff getting you in and out were, were really great. The people looking after the Stanley Cup and the queue there um was was great. You know, thankfully it was only a half an hour wait. Some people waiting an hour, hour and a bit to to get a photo with Lord Stanley and his a bit of silver. Um so them side of things was great. The DJ absolutely he was living his best life but he was fantastic and one reason why he read the room. Not many DJs in the Elite League read the room. But my God, and John will back me up on this when he comes on, he read the room well. The amount of times with a breaking play and the fans were chanting, 
no, no music. Carry on. And he'd actually he'd be there, stood up, getting the crowd going. Carry on, keep going. And it worked. It's The noise spread throughout. It worked well against Poland. It worked even better against Italy. But he, so he was, he was outstanding throughout the whole five games. Uh, and the music choice was was top dollar. Uh, although I, I had to laugh at his uh, and Aaron Murphy's interaction with uh, the playing of a particular song. Um, I just felt that was done well. Um, also kind of uh, officially unofficially promoting that, that Italy game. Uh, I just thought, that, you know, them things were great. So there was a lot missing. A lot disappointing. I can't lie. But as a tournament, you know, you talk about 19,000, just shy of 19,700 for all five games. Um, on the whole, all right. A lot could be done better. A lot could be done worse. But on the whole, you probably could. Uh, yeah, okay. And John, as well, like, I want I want you to touch on the, the Stanley Cup being there as well um, to, to end off the week. But what was your... Your thoughts on the tournament experience before we talk about the games? Um, I think just to echo a little bit what Dave said, the first two points particularly, um, the lack of advertising was a bit weird. Um, the amount of times I'd be in town buying food and ever see me saying, oh, what's on in the arena? Is there some hockey or something on? Because I went GP on. I said, oh, I've seen a few of these shirts or T-shirts around today. I didn't know what it was. And that's even like local people living in Nottingham. I had no clue it was on. Again, with Ken, the music was, was was banging. Some of the games were actually so boring. The other non-GB games, I was just living my best life with Ken, dancing to like all these awesome dance tunes. Wishing I had Shazam on my new phone. I'd forgotten to download that since I changed my phone. So Ken smashed it. Um, definitely when Stanley Cup arrived on Friday, I think that's when the atmosphere changed a little bit. I know it was the last game of the tournament anyway, and I know that a lot of people probably went to the game specifically because that was in town. Um, it felt almost like Christmas Eve on Friday. It was kind of weird. It was a buzz about the place, which hadn't been there all week. And, you you know, as soon as you walk into town, you can see people around early and, and excited. And I didn't actually queue to see the, 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 the trophy, admittedly. I was going to do it at one point. I thought, oh, you know, I'll maybe come back a bit later. I've, I've seen it before. Not to be the, an arrogant cock, but I've seen it a few times before. So I thought I'd rather just, you know, Give it to somebody else, but on the whole, I would say the tournament was. I enjoyed it from a social point of view. I really did. I mean, it's great seeing some people I haven't seen for a while. Some people I've wanted to see for a couple of years. I finally got to kind of catch up with. Um, and like when I was watching the games, like lucky enough, the guys around me I know from Guildford and they're regular GB fans. And the one thing we did say amongst ourselves was, whilst we were all disappointed, it wasn't in Italy or maybe Lithuania, when the game started, it didn't really matter. When you're watching the ice and the pucks dropped, you could be in any arena anywhere in the world and it would have made no difference. So I certainly think, from that point of view, then when you actually hit the games, it didn't really matter. It was in Nottingham. It was definitely um, good from a practical point of view in that if you were hungry, you know exactly where to go after after a game. You know exactly what you're going to get. Um, so if you beat Nottingham regularly, it was a convenient place to be. Um... But I hope, with a great respect, we're not going to host it many times in the next few years because you do miss out on something, I think, when you don't get to go on a plane and go to a place you maybe haven't been before or you always intended to kind of go to. And But then on the flip side to that, when are we going to get 6,000 fans watching the national team in one place at the same time? Hardly ever. Maybe with limited qualifiers and stuff in the future. But in a competitive game... There won't be that many GB fans in watching them, and hopefully a few of those will kind of think, well, next year it's in Prague. Let's go. Let's go and have a, you know, experience abroad and see the national team when it's uh, overseas. But we did all the We did the job. We said at the start of the week, didn't we? We needed five wins, and we got them. And the way that the games were kind of going with Poland beating Italy, we could have potentially not qualified on four wins, which would have been a sickener. You know, you're not going to get many teams in any qualification win four out of five games and not get in the top two. So it could be a bit of a nightmare, but as it worked out, as much as we hated Poland winning against Italy on that day, it's kind of funny in the end because uh, Italy didn't go up, which was nice. And also Lithuania went down, which was nice. I think uh, David and I probably still have a bit of a grudge against them from 
a number of years ago in uh, in previous tournaments when they've um, they've cost us. So uh, yeah, all in all, perfect. We got the gold. Italy didn't get anything, and Lithuania went down. So that's my highlights for me of the week, really. From um, obviously, I had a lot going on last week and wasn't able to go. And from the outside looking and watching the games, I feel like the media team did really well in trying to generate interest. Uh, they've done really well, and I know Sophie's in Nottingham and she's she's smashing it. The, the other guys, the camera crew, we have got a couple of photographers now. Uh, and and they're doing the business. Um, oh, absolutely, hundred percent, mate. Uh, so the material she was producing, Sophie, in terms of the, the social media side, outstanding, unreal. And you you had that feel that you were there. Yeah. The photography. I mean, you've got Dean Woolley, Haley Roberts was not normally at the GB, but she was brought along, and and she got the great photo from above. Uh, kind of like the Belfast photo where they always go around with cameras, and the photo above with a trophy. This one. With the the gold medal, that was a great one. Um, you also see in offers getting a more content, and it was just it just from that side of things. Yeah, the media team outstanding. Um, as per, if I'm honest with you, I mean, we've seen him, me and John, a few times where they've been working till two, three, four in the morning, getting press releases sent out, website articles uploaded. I mean, I remember when they got the promotion in Budapest and they, they were working till half three, four, and they were sending stuff to North America to get stuff out. And they they were still partying at the same time as working, so. They're as as much as our on ice team work as hard. The off ice, the, the 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 media collective, as as hard working and the content they produced was was there to see. Yeah, it's definitely good. So we'll we'll, we'll talk about the games. Uh, the first game was uh, Korea. Uh, don't think we've played them since 2015. So we it's a it's an anonymy really. How, how does that game go? And we um, we start off well. Scoring within two minutes, take a four nil lead. Four different goal scorers. It was a pretty pretty good game to start off the campaign. Well, I think, like you say, we, we remember Korea. They'd um, at the time they was putting the the money into their program, so they were getting prepared for when they were hosting the the Winter Olympics, which they'd have been obviously have a team in the tournament, and they were as back then very quick, very structured. Everything that you'd expect an international team, far from it. It was quite a disappointment, if I'm honest with you. It was quite easy, um, GB going through the motions, going through their, their structures, very easy. If I'm honest, it could have easily been 4 or 5 nil after the first period. From a GB perspective, you weren't going to get the best performance. What you wanted, though, was a solid win. And they got that with ease. Like you say, four different scorers, Lake... Dowd, Nielsen and Kirk um, and, and a shutout for Bounds it's, it's all but the perfect start of a tournament and, I say, and people say oh, how is a 4-0 not a perfect start you want that good performance but you're not going to get the best because and we'll mention it a few times no doubt five games seven days it's attritional so you want something that's good and it's a good start me and John we spoke before and it was like this is the probably the better to have these two games as in Korea and Poland the two teams Potentially out of the four, if you ignore Italy for a second, that was the tougher two. So to get that 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 win was really the good start that GB wanted, and it did. In fairness, John, help bring you in. It, it was the platform that allowed them to kick on from there. Absolutely, yes. Like you say, we didn't really know what to expect. It's been nine years since we played them, um, and they've not really been on our radar since. To be fair, so I will be honest. I didn't know what to expect, and I thought, well. You'd expect us to beat them, but you just don't know in that first game. Um, getting that early goal was nice because it just settled everybody down. The crowd settled straight away. And you could soon see within five minutes that we were streets above Korea. We really were. Um, again, obviously, you grow into tournaments, you want to peak too soon. If it offered me a 4 0 win before the game, I'd have snapped your hand off for that anyway. We could have gone chasing goals and maybe got six or seven. But there's nothing to be gained from doing that when the, when the game was won. It was all about you know, keeping some energy back for the next day as well. It was good to see Kirk back on the first line. Um, they start with Curran on the first line, which I was at the time kind of pleased about. I thought, you know, giving him a good opportunity. Um, and the shutout was good as well. But Korea, bit of a weird team. I, I think that's why every game Korea played. And that first day, they, they came like across like as an NIHL team almost. A GB who could have just... Racked up the goals how they wanted to, but we just didn't have to get to the next day unscathed, really, and it was just a, 
a routine two well three points really and and it's just good to kind of get the, the, the tournament off with a win because had we lost against Korea, it could have been a really awful long week, you know, and it was just good to get that sort of win under the belts early and then just allow us to relax a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm watching it, I'm thinking, oh, what do we expect? And then, yeah, it, it was a, a comfortable win and a good start to the tournament. And then it's Poland the next day. Now, before we talk about the game, obviously Poland are going up as well. I feel like um, there's a massive Polish community market that the Elite League and the NIHL need to uh, get into and try and get them to the Elite League games because the fans are there. We have a lot of Polish staying in Great Britain. They've moved here and they're made home there. And we know those the Polish guys. We play them every year and we're we're doing good things with them because they always come for those uh, exhibition games. So... I think we, we, we need to be looking at getting those fans in to come to the games instead of just watching the Poland games. And I feel they'll bring a, uh, a new vibe to games. Again, five different goal scorers, but we nearly threw it away, boys. Um, squeaky bum time. Did you feel? It was at the end before I kind of go on the game. I, I want to kind of elaborate on your point about the fans. I genuinely don't believe that building will have an atmosphere that they had in that third period for a hockey match ever again. The Polish fans, the only disappointment that were, the Polish fans weren't in a block. If you put all them Polish fans in a couple of blocks, my God, the atmosphere would have blew the fucking roof off because they were loud. And they got the GB fans woke up. And literally, you were going back, forth, back, forth. And honestly, it was just an unreal atmosphere. You're like, this building's never going to have that ever again because they literally were. They, they went for it and fair play to them. Yeah. It looked as easy. We got that, that five minute pulp on a pretty poor hit. And it did look like the legs were going in the pole and fair play to him. They took advantage of it and got back in the game. The equaliser, it looks like it's the, the finish of, the finished of deflections that's put bounds out of, of position because he's just like he's grabbing in thin air. Um, and you thought, oh no, not again. And you're thinking, like John said, if we'd have lost a career. We lose this game in overtime, you're thinking, fuck, this is a long week. And it would have been had we lost to Poland. Fair play, Lake, on the uh, on the power play that the goalie's like complaining about. And I'm thinking, I've seen different angles. I'm like, mate, you put yourself in that position. Any goalie gets called for that. You've not just gone for the puck and left it. You've gone and completed the motion. You've took the player out. What the hell are you expecting? He scores in the power play. All's well, it ends well. Um, but definitely squeaky bum, bum time at the end. Um, but no, Poland, I mean, they, they were, from a hockey perspective, as in watching the hockey, they were probably the best team in the tournament. And they were good to watch. Um, and John, again, bring you into this. As, as much as kind of it were job done, it, it really could have been very easily could actually destroy the week for GB, couldn't it, if they had not got that overtime win? Oh, I, I don't remember many games whether domestically or internationally, where my emotions were so up and down in very short spaces of time. Um, we all knew it was probably the banana skin game. I think if we were going to give ourselves um, pre-tournament where you'd look to sort of maybe possibly maybe drop a point, it would have been that game. And at times we controlled the game. Again, I've probably taken too much pain medication in the last few days to have a good memory of the exact game. But as I was sure at one point, I was uh, was it three one at one point? I'm sure we had the two goal stretch at one it point. It was, yeah, it was three one. And yeah. I thought at that point we were safe. And then obviously Poland kept coming at us, and they were a good team, they're a fast team, and you could see like there was like depth in the offense. They could score on two or three lines, and it surprised me. I mean, we we beat this team with fairly. With ease, really, only a few months back, you know, in, in those sort of pre-tournament friendlies, I was a bit surprised how how much it had improved. Um, and then when we went, when they came, they came back near the end, and then when just before they scored the equalised and we scored a late goal, I turned to Ross and I was like, Ross, we're fucking promoted because at that point, you know, I think about we're going to win the regulation right now, and then obviously in reality we're not going to get beat by Romania, we're not going to get beat by Lithuania. So on day two, we're as good as promoted and the second I said that that goal went in and I was like ah oh, shit so I started thinking hang on a minute not only are we going to be sort of going into overtime if they win this game 
as you say, Dave, we could have been really struggling. We'd have, at that point, probably known that we'd have to beat Italy in regulation, and that would have been a, a scary prospect to have that in the back of your mind all week. Um, yeah, so we got a power play in overtime, which was, as you say, Stonewall penalty. And uh, when we went in, but even then, though, it's like people back home on Twitter slagging off the team. Oh, it's a point drop against it. Like that Jack Walker guy. This guy is an absolute clown. Not only has he said, oh, Jonathan shouldn't be in the squad, he's then saying, oh, that point will come back and haunt us. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it could have done. We won the game against a good team. You know, and at the end of the day, if we'd lost that game, fair enough. Give the team some criticism. But when you find a way to come back and win, it's a character win. And I'm kind of glad how it worked out in the end. I'm kind of glad that Poland got that point because... It, it gave them a chance of getting that promotion along with us as well. And their fans were fucking amazing. I was a bit un, unsure um, at the start of the tournament because I remember going to Coventry a few years ago and watching Poland. It was, it was a pre-season, uh, it was um, a pre-tournament friendly and it was a bit feisty. And it was almost like a football kind of crowd and you could see that it was a lot of people, you know, if you looked the wrong way, they'd, they'd kind of kick off. At no point of the week did I think anyone was in that kind of mindset in Nottingham. The Polish fans are brilliant. Um, and as you say, Dave, they weren't all in one block. They were, but on that particular day, more Polish fans came to watch their game than the rest of the week. And I'm just really pleased how it worked out in the end. Whilst it was a bit more stress for us, we didn't really want or, or need. Um, that point, I think, gave them that chance to kind of go on and get promotion and get those looking at Italy. And I think it was well-deserved. No, I think it also shows a bit. Sorry, sorry, it shows a bit of character from the team from the off. You've got the the situation. You feed one up and you lose the lead. You get it? I think it was like a minute and forty left. They equalise fifty seconds later, and you think that you know that could have easily broken many teams. And we've seen GB break him before. Absolutely. For them to go in, get the power play, do the job. You've got to give credit for the character at that stage of the tournament because normally it's third, fourth, fifth game, second game that character. You, you had to go fair play. I mean, yeah, he, he had many a poor take on, on Twitter over the week, and there was many people absolutely whinging and wondering, you like, still two wins from two. One game at the time. Objection just, was still... To, he just wants to seem to give himself a bit of a name or reputation, and then he then, when he gets called out, he almost like forgets what he even said, and he then waffles about something else, and then, like his take now, is he's glad that John had got this, you know, great sort of ending into his career. Same glad that he didn't want to be playing. You know, we could go get over yourself. With um, reference to the Polish fans from a couple of years ago, yes, that first game in Coventry was a bit tasty, but I feel like the Poland fans were bringing their atmosphere that they bring at home in Poland, and they quickly learned that ice hockey isn't like that uh, in Great Britain, and since then they've respected it, they've had a good, like, enjoyed themselves and they don't feel like they need to be that intimidating so I think the Polish fans have been a credit in all the games leading up since since those games uh, a few years ago and uh, I've, I've always enjoyed the game and it's always a bit feisty and it, it's just a it's just a, a good show and so then we um we go on to the third game now I I'm thinking and I know we're big Bounds fans we've had two tough games is Bounds going to get a rest? No. He ends up playing the whole five games. And then we play Lithuania again. A good start. A goal after a minute. A 3-0 win. <laughs> There's obviously the naysayers like, it was a pretty drab performance. But what did you guys think? Obviously we got the win, which is, that's the end game. That's important. Another shutout. Um, but did you feel like the gas had been sucked out a little bit. What were your thoughts being in the ring? I, I felt that they were, and I'll start the same in the the next game that they was, they was holding back. It was it felt like a case of, and I'm saying this without not saying in a disrespectful manner to the team. Let's just do enough, get the victory in regulation, because by then you know get regulation wins, everything and all the best permutation in your hands. Just do enough. And it felt like they they could have easily, if they needed to, gone up a couple, maybe three gears. Lithuania were poor. Um, on all accounts, they was coming over just to have a good time. In fact, on all if you if the stories you heard from players who would be talking to some fans who they known from playing in the NHL in the Elite League, they were on they was on the last of the night before the first game. 
they, they were here to have a good time. So, do enough, do the job. Yeah, it went the previous games. Didn't help that there was a, a low attendance, so you didn't have that vibe and energy from the previous game. Um, and it were, it were just not the best of viewing. But for me, it was another game done, three down, two to go. And for me, for them two games, that was the, the important objective. I, I, mean, I don't know what John thought in that respect. Yeah, I mean, I still think in the back of our minds, you have to be a bit careful with Lithuania. Even though we've got a tendency to, to give them a hammer in, equally, they, they've got a way of sometimes being the, the, the party poopers. So I was kind of glad that we did start bounds in that game. I did think that maybe Whistle would have given them a rest in the Romania game, because I think if you looked at the, the tournament, Romania were always likely to be the team that were likely to be the, the whipping boys. The, the one early goal, we thought, yeah, we can relax. And then it was, like you say, Dave, we were holding back, I think, some gas for the Italy game. Very boring. You know, you could tell the whole building was flat. Even though the guys on the drums couldn't be bothered, you know, it was just like there's nothing going on. And I think everyone was just glad to get the three points, get the hell out of there, and just move on to the next game. There's not a lot, like, there's no highlights for me. There's nothing that I could add to that. The Lithuania game took care of itself, and it was nice to get a second shutout in three. But yeah, as far as spectacles go, it wasn't one. You talk about the Lithuania game, another shutout. As you said, another seven different goal scorers. It was a, a it was a, a statement made again, leading up to the final game because Italy were, took the loss against Poland, and you think, wow, they're gonna they go, they're gonna have to win, and they're, they're probably gonna look at us and go, are we gonna take this game as seriously as we did? And we did. Um, no goals in the first period, and then. And then we uh, we stepped on the gas a little bit. And it, for the first time I've ever heard, the fans started actually say like making noise. I was in wake up. What's this all about? And I'd never heard it. I'd, I said John's watched them longer than I have. In the ten years I've been going watching, um, I don't recall ever hearing that. And it was poor. It really was poor. Um, I say probably I tweeted probably the worst period I've ever watched GB play. And that's including some drab periods in one B, but it did feel like the rocket was uh, was uh, sent up the arse, and they decided to um, put that statement of intention out, and they got the goals. Um, you know, Polina Kirk, Jonathan Phillips, Curran, Ruop, Mosey Waller. Um, they just started firing in that last thirty. Last the last first thirty was awful. Just forget about the last thirty was some damn good hockey. And that, for me, if you ignore that first 30, was the, the, the type of hockey you want to finish on, get them the confidence to go, we're waiting for you, Italy. We know you're, we know you're behind the eight ball, and we've just done that to Romania. And I don't think any other team had got that type of run in that space of time against them. So for me, it was like, right, OK, we were poor first half, second half, no, we've done the business. We'll see you on Friday, Italy. What have you got? And it gave the crowd, as much as they were disappointed, had that a little bit of a boost. It was like, yeah, okay, we've shown what we can do. And I think it helped all around um, to, to, to kind of feed on to, to Friday. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I've got to be honest with you, in the first period and into the second, people around me were saying, we're going to get whooped by Italy. It was, it was mad how like the mood is that turning amongst the fans, whether it be in the seats, you know, here in... People you don't even know in the corridors saying, "Oh, you know, we're we're burnt out, we're 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 this, we're that," and and I can stand that kind of almost kind of like freaking out kind of mentality. But it was still early doors, and the fact we could just go bang, 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 and score seven goals like we did, it just shows we can like take a game and score if it's negative. It needs to happen. Um, so there was never any concern of us not winning the game. I think that it's a bit of game management to some extent of not going too hard, too quick, and then coming Friday, having nothing left in the tank. But it just, I think everyone was like so tense, and because they knew that Italy had got beat by Poland at this point, people were just getting like really antsy, I think, in the arena, and and at some point had almost written us off. But yeah, 7-0, great. But that's the game I thought, to be fair, that they may have given Bowers a rest, just to keep him fresh for, for this mm. game, um, because... 
you know, we know in, in most tournaments, typically we, we play the back of one game, um, but then it worked out because Bounds obviously had another shot out, and he was still fresh to go in it lean, so fair play to the guy. He put a massive shift in all week. And yeah, five games out of five, Bounds is in again, which I've got no qualms with, with the Italy game. We win the game. Uh, I, and I'm watching it thinking, and we go up, Polini, yeah, good. Then we let them back in. Then we go up again. And then we let them back in again. And then we go up again. And then we let them back in. And it had that nervous energy. Obviously, I wasn't in the crowd. But listening to the crowd and, you know, watching the game on TV, I'm thinking, GB, come on, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? And then uh, Mr. Polini, who has been in Denmark, he's been away for a couple of years, clutch. And we get the win. Uh, you boys in the stadium, I want to hear about the atmosphere. To have that many GB fans in the rink all come together. I know someone tweeted that you weren't allowed to wear your club colours to a GB game last week. Baffled by that. But it looked brilliant. Talk to me, boys. Well, that kid who said that about club colours, he's a dickhead. I'm sorry, he's a dickhead. And I'll happily meet him because he's a Sheffield fan and I'll say to his face, I'll give you a head of wobble. Now, let's be fair, the shirts aren't cheap. Uh, they are, they were £75 uh, to, to buy this, this time around. Not everyone has that money spare. Now, for me, throughout the tournament, you had different club shirts. You had Sheffield, Nottingham, Leeds, Swindon, Whitley Bay. You had Glasgow Clan. You had Hull. You had different colours. And to me, that complemented the GB shirt colours, it, it created that vibe and it was really, really great. Um, and if I'm honest, anybody listening to this and goes next year and doesn't able is not able to get a GB shirt, take your club shirt and if you get any crap, find one of us over there and we'll just sell them straight because, no, that, that attitude was there 10 years ago. Because I remember in, in Riga for the Olympic qualifiers, there was a load of um, Nottingham fans and all they had was the Nottingham shirts. And there was an attitude of, Why, where's your GB shirt? And there were, and it kind of, the understanding of Langon, they've come here, they're shouting for their team, same team as you, don't matter what colour you're wearing, we're all supporting the same team, and that attitude's changed. It's, you know, the utopian vision is everyone in the same shirt, but that's not going to happen. So, that was, that was fantastic. The atmosphere during that game, yeah, nearly 6,000 people cheering on, because there weren't that many Italian fans. Um, I don't, I don't recall John if there's any at all, if I'm honest with you. Um, I, I saw one guy on its own, and on the screen I saw a lady with with two Italian flags. So I saw two Italy flags, and I saw some Sheffield fans with Italy flags. From I Italy, saw that. Which, which each to their own. But when you're playing against your national team, you know one player that plays for your domestic team, I ain't cheering for another team. But that's up to them. But yeah, I, I saw I saw two Italian fans, you know, and three hybrid Italian fans. So which and surprised yeah. me. It, it, it surprised me as well because um, what we've had on the podcast before I was, I was stood with uh, with Gareth Dutton and we were like what's that all about because you saw them waving the flag and then he's like hang on you're not, you're not, you're not are you just supporting McNally well fair play like you say them do them um, but atmosphere wise it started being nervous and then it kind of grew and it just got louder and louder and like like we said before Ken the DJ picked up on it straight away and you didn't hear as much music because they were just the chants constantly going. And it weren't just the, 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 the Block 14 that were the, um, the GBSE who go travelling, they all kind of put us all together. It spread. So it was starting 13 and they would actually start in 9, 10 and it, it just went round. And within, you know, that third period, they were just loud. It was deafening. Times I'm like, geez, I've, I've got to have, to, I've got to have two minutes because just, you know, you just couldn't keep going um, in terms of sort of cheering and uh, making the noise. But the atmosphere-wise, it, it did start being nervy, but then it kind of grew um, it, a bit of confidence. You saw the performance collectively. You saw Bams in net. I mean, we could say he conceded three goals, but some of the saves he made, especially in that third period, you felt confident. You felt like he was on that. He was one of them. He's woke up. Fuck you! No one's beating me today. As in the, the win. I know they, they score passing, but not getting the win against him. 
and it they, it showed in the crowd, and everyone got involved, and the atmosphere, that internet goal, ah, uh, that that was something special. Um, the goal that Farmer scored five years ago, it was an unbelievable moment. Two fifty, three hundred fans, I think they were in Budapest, and the noise was great then. You had that moment with five and a half, six thousand, and wow. You just you were just seeing people. They weren't like just jumping up and applauding and, and telly ho and all that. They were it were it were limbs. It was you know we're grabbing people. Just it was that moment of we've done it. And we talked about it, John, Scott, about that moment in Budapest. And to now have five and a half thousand other people also have that moment of the XT of you've got promotion to the top pool. You you can't beat it, and that atmosphere showed. And then it kind of, because everyone was kind of like hoping we can do this in four games and fifth games, the party was celebrating the career of the captain. And then that moment, once we kind of knew it was done, it started having that feel of the party started and still, and celebrate the career. Uh, but outstanding atmosphere, one I'll not forget for a long time. Um, and hopefully we, uh, we can enjoy something similar next year in, in Cheshire, John. Yeah, I mean, you know, you and I were close by in, in some of the seats. You could see I wasn't exactly um, bouncing around. It was a bit, bit sweet for me. Unfortunately, it was a game that I'd looked forward to for a long, long time and um, didn't get to experience the way I would like to experience it. I pretty much spent the whole game trying not to get bumped or you know hit in a lot of parts down because I was kind of a bit sort of uh, a bit tender at that point, obviously. Um, but I, I must be honest, I didn't ever feel we weren't going to get a result. I don't, I don't know what it was, but as soon as I got into the arena and I sort of, you know, got myself sorted out, I thought, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And, you know, every time, obviously, that we score, they seem to come back in it. What I was always confident of is that even if they come back in the equalise and we're draw, and we, you know, we're, we're drawing late in the game, they've got to pull the goalie. They need to win a regulation. So I always kind of felt confident in that unless they get, like, say, a couple of goals ahead, when we got to start maybe looking to pull the goalie, the, the pressure was on them. And as the game went on, the, the crowd got louder and louder and louder. And the, the team just seemed to respond to that. I think early in the tournament, there was a few players that were annoying me. They were trying these little fancy showboat moves against the smaller teams. I won't name any names. And I'm thinking, if you put that kind of shit on Friday... We're going to get burnt because Italy will punish you if you make a mistake with a stupid like no look pass and stuff. Anyway, but we didn't. We stuck to the basic principles of the game, and we didn't react to a few cheap Italian plays as well. Where they're trying to get, get you know, us to react to get a penalty. And the, 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 the players on the ice, they played international hockey. We, we, we've learned a lot in the last few years. In the past, we take dumb penalties, reacting to stuff, and the crowd was on it. The crowd was on it, and I. I, it's weird. I, I just never felt that we weren't going to win. And I was saying to like Ross next to me, I said, you know, if if we're tying this game later on, they're going to pull the goalie. And the, and the fact that we were obviously at this point winning, and when they pulled the goalie with three minutes to go, you think in England it's a regulation goals. They're not going to score two in regulation. Not a chance. And then at that point, when the goalie was gone with like three minutes to go, you kind of knew at that point we're probably going to win this and we're going to get the gold. And it was, like, it was kind of a good feeling because it was, it was like a bit of a build-up to, to what, at that point, to me, was inevitable. We had a few minutes to actually enjoy it, to relax. It wasn't going to go down to the last buzzer. It wasn't going to go down to overtime. And it was it was a good feeling. And I'm not going to lie, there were some tears when the result did happen in the end. Maybe a little bit of emotion, a little bit of pain, I don't know, but I cried. And I looked around me and David was crying. And then I saw the people crying and I thought, this is what it's all about. You know, you, you, you go to sport for moments like this. And I think when you truly, truly love your team and you get to experience something like that with your mates and you've experienced many downs over the years and you think, why do I bother? But to look around and I, and I, I don't cry. I don't cry at all. I really don't. And I had tears in my eyes, and I looked, and I saw Dave was going, and I was like, yeah, I I, I get it, because I feel exactly the same. And it's just good to know that you're getting the same buzz your mates are getting, because it was just, yeah, it was, it was an experience I, 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 I don't 
think I have had many times in my life in terms of sport, but one, I'm glad that happened in this country to, see, to hopefully allow more people to kind of get that feeling because it was bloody amazing. And, and I'm just so relieved that we're going to go to hopefully Prague next year. We've had a little chat amongst ourselves. It looks like if the WHF are being quite sensible about it, they're going to place, obviously, Poland and Ostrava, and we get to go to Prague. And if we do, we're pretty much all sorted, and all the boys are going to probably be heading out. No, it's um, there's the, uh, the talk of um, so you could have logistical swaps. Uh, when we was in Kashitsa, the Czech Republic should have been in the, that group, but they asked um, the WHF for logistical swaps so they could be in Bratislava because it was obviously near the um, the Czech Republic border or Czechia as it is now. And Ostrava, where the other group is going to be held, is bang next to the Polish border, so it makes sense from a logistical perspective to have Poland across there. If that's to happen, they will swap like for like, which obviously that'll be GB. I'm happy for them to be in Ostrava. Yeah, we'll take Prague, not a problem. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, I, I went that, that moment hit me as soon as it we kind of settled down. It's like yeah, and I, I never thought I'd ever see it. In twenty in twenty eighteen, it was like I'm thinking it's once in a lifetime. See them get promoted, get it twice is it was uh, it is something special. And to yeah, like like we said already, to share it with as many people, not just those who are looking able to go to the trips abroad, but to people who can go down. I know many people went on that one uh, game. It's just something that you just, you rarely get domestically. Irrelevant of your team, it's just rare that you get that that buzz and. Five down, none to go. Job done. Gold medal secured. Viva Las Prague. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, many people will jump on that. Talking about tears, um, about emotion, about sport. Uh, Coventry City made the playoffs today. I just had to get that in. I apologise. Yeah, we all know football is shit, though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you stayed up on a uh, points deduction. We yeah, know that. exactly, yeah. Anyway, let's I'm move on. Talk about the playoffs, you know, obviously my team's in the playoffs. And yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so we're in the playoffs and Cardiff City stayed up on a uh, de facto. Technicality, should we call it? Yes. So, we oh, look. Oh, t- take where you can. Harbour yeah. Club are going to go down and they deserve to go down. It's okay, we'll go down. We'll, we'll wait 12 months, we're going down next next year, so don't worry. I've given up on that team now. I'm not going to even pretend they're going to get promoted to the Premier League. How many times have you gone You'll be coming back. You say that all the time. You said it all, all, all season, mate. So yeah. I'll look forward they, to they, talking to They've been same. blocked on all social media since that Swansea result back in whatever November, whatever it was. They can do one. Anyway, Diva, Ice Hockey Podcast. Sorry, I just wanted to uh, get my <laughs> point in. It's been, uh, it's been a long wait. Um, let's talk about some players um, of the tournament. Cade Nilsson. Well, let's talk about what the the IWHF had as their top three players. They had Bounds at number three, Cade Nilsson at second, and the departing Coventry plays defenseman Nathaniel Halbert. Any qualms with those choices? Any anyone else you want to talk about? Far no. In terms of them no. choices, um, you look at Halbert was joint. Uh, for plus minus throughout the whole tournament, plus seven. Uh, the only defender in the top three, uh, both of them were forwards, uh, did his job well. One plus four, points-wise, uh, got the empty net against the Fiona, but it didn't matter. Job was done. He was solid, weren't spectacular, but that's, you don't want your defender to be that. You've got that in O'Connor. Um, Kay Nielsen. When he was picked last year, everyone was like, who the fucking hell is this kid? Where's he from? Was it, was, has his dad picked him? He showed last year he's a player. This year, lights out. And well and truly earns his place and can play with the big boys. Um, he, he was the, the combination of him, Kirk, and Dowd at times was frighteningly, frighteningly ex, just a joy to watch. Um, and this is a line, that combination that could be there for a couple of years. So, um, Kay Nielsen, outstanding. Bounds. Too old. Not good enough. Past it. Should be whistle. Aren't we lucky as a nation to have that type of goal to throw in a tournament and get five wins? We just we we were lucky, weren't we, to have that? And now nah, it's time the keyboards put some respect to the name. Because Bounds showed 
And he always does, and a lot of players do. Lakovic did the same. You take the domestic shirt off, put the international one on, their game grows 10, 15, 20%. Baum's solid. There was a moment in the Italy game in that third, he made a couple of bit, like two, three saves in the same period. It was outstanding. Kept everything at bay. It was at the end of the second against Poland, he made a, a triple save, which would have really derailed the, the game for a GB. Kept him out. And you're like, wow, he's on it. And then there was Baum's. He were top value. He was the goal of the tournament. And it just shows that he, he he still got it. I mean, in his 30s, but he's got, you know, goals get better with age. And Bounds was just outstanding. Um, yeah, he may for, in a five-game tournament, he probably don't. I think only, I think Poland played their other goal. Murray played four games. I know the Italians split um, three, two, but you don't tend to really split them. So, now, I'm happy with them. Um, couple of other uh, mentions. Kirk, three plus seven. Some of the passing. And you can tell he's now training at a different level. At a higher level that you're going to see a GB. Because some of the vision of the passing were like, fuck, where's that come from? And it was hit to take. Hammond Pellini. That the, the Hammond Pellini passed twice on the power play. Wow. Outstanding. Um, you can go on. Moser. Um, one plus five. Waller. Just follow um, plus four and one plus two. Um, Dowd, two plus three. Um, you know, you can joke John Phillips getting as many goals in a tournament than he did all season for Sheffield, but you could go through the list. O'Connor had a great tournament. Lakovic, great tournament. Myers, great tournament. Um, got hurt in the, the last game against Italy, which I thought was a, a bit of a nasty hit. Got back into it. That fourth line was what we expected and more. They didn't just shut down. They actually did provide a bit of, a bit of offense throughout the whole tournament. And it gave the other three lines, when they went switched on, just a bit of breather, just to give them, to give them the chance to reset. Worked well as, as, as a collective. We mentioned their names, and I, I don't know if John had any other names he'd want to highlight, but some, you can't mention them. There was outstanding performances throughout. John, obviously, uh, David has waxed lyrical about the players and he had the stats there very impressive um, but I want I don't want you to slide players off but I wanted do you feel like anyone really struggled or give kudos to the players you want to give kudos to but obviously when we're making that step up to the Worlds do you feel like there's certain players that need to um, be a bit concerned about their place next year for the squad and have a good strong season next year uh, uh, yeah I will, I will add to that but just to kind of um Kind of, I suppose, ironically, Dave almost with words said, "Well, I, the players you chose in addition to those three were literally the ones I'd written down myself." I mean, just to go back on the top three we talked about, Halbert was was incredible for me. I I sort of said to uh, the boys in the group, you know, during the week, how him and Richardson were a brilliant combination. And a friend of mine came up on Friday, just hadn't been to the other uh, games. He said, "Who's been the, the standout player for you for GB?" I said, "Halbert's been unbelievable." I said, "Bounds has been incredible as well." And then to know they they were like two of the top three, Neil said, "I just fucking love watching that kid play hockey. He just plays with a smile on his face. He's a kind of crash bang player that anything can happen with him. He's so fast, and the fact he plays with a smile on his face, I love that about him. I wish I could remember who it was, but someone on Twitter said along the lines of nepotism. He's only there because dad is is the coach. Clearly, we never watched one game of poorly last year because this kid, yeah, a year ago, we didn't know who he was." I didn't know who he was. And yet, he was the best player in, in Pule. And Bounds, yeah, I'm going to be smug. I said months and months and months ago when there was a bit of a doubt over his form and Whistle was getting starts in Belfast. And I said, come the end of the year, it'll be Bounds number one for Devils and GB because Bounds has been there, done it, got a wardrobe full of T-shirts. He's always going to back up the national team and he's, and he's been incredible. And Bounds just, again, Shut a lot of people up, so those top three are the brilliant. And then just a quick over those other few guys. Mosey was unbelievable. Mosey was playing like a two-way defenseman, absolutely incredible. And and I also think that Hammond and Pellini were, were brilliant. And Hammond seems to play better for GB than he does for Nottingham. He's almost like he's a British guy by birth now. You know, he he's got a way of playing for GB where he just he, he just knows how to play for GB. And again, on a quick point about these, you can't pick six dual nationals. The reality is, guys, if we didn't pick six international internationals, we wouldn't be in Pro A next year. 
we would not because we'd have been going into the Italy game potentially with a less of a team on paper, 11 dual nationals in the Italian team. We wouldn't have got that result. Let's down to likes of Halbert and, you know, we like some obviously Hammond, who by birth, okay, maybe not Halbert, he's not to get bored. Seven fans wouldn't want them there. Um, into the ones who, I won't take anybody out, but you obviously asked the question. The one guy I was a bit surprised at and I was bigging him up was Curran, Johnny Curran. I thought I was excited to see him play. I don't think he settled that well during the week. He, he did manage to get a goal and I was pleased for him. He did start on the first line from memory and he did then kind of get pushed on the line a little bit. I, I, I've seen him have a long, good GB career, but I, and I, and I've, I'm, I'm sure you're trying to edge me towards the defenseman. Um, that's probably where a weird question is. Is it aimed at with Clements? I would say in terms of the top six, again, all look fine. I'm not going to dig out Tatlow or Jones. I didn't agree with maybe both of them getting picked at the time. Uh, but I think of the, of the team that made it, those two maybe, um, maybe you could question whether Clements could have played more of a role than either of those two guys, possibly so. But when they came on, they did, they didn't do themselves any injustice. I think they both performed well. They were on the ice at, for key goals at key times as in, in our favour. So, you know me, I'll, I'll say like it is, but there's, there's not many people I would like to sort of say, right, you didn't perform over the week because it's a squad game. We need 22 guys to turn up to win. And, and they did that five times out of five. So, and there wasn't one player that to be listed out as being a poor link in that chain. And I think that all 22 guys would be with him with a shout next season. That's obviously not going to happen with retirements, obviously, anyway, and potential injuries come this time next year. But I think every guy that played in that team stand a chance of another playing next year, because bear in mind there's four more guys going to go next year. Squad, squad 26. Yep. We're only going to be down at least Jonah, at least. So, yeah, I think everyone who put that shot on this week and hold their head up high, no one let anybody down, and I'm proud of all of them. No, but I think that's a good thing as well. Like you, Everyone really had a, a strong performance. We're going to have the retirees. But yeah, Tetlow has obviously been an announced back, back in Nottingham. I don't know if that's the correct move for him, but it is what it is. be interesting to see what Hammond does. Does he go back to Germany free, collect the wage after his pretty unsuccessful season in Nottingham? But Hammond's obviously an enigma. I don't think Nottingham was the right club for him. Do another club in the league, but potentially go, I'll give you another chance. I'll give you another Coventry. chance in the league. Coventry. Do you, think he's a, do you think he's the kind of guy that needs a smaller pad? He obviously played at Manchester. and was very good at Manchester. You know, do you think he needs... I think if we were going to have him, uh, uh, the club has seen him. We had him in the Elite Series. Um, I think if Danny wanted him, he would get him back. Maybe it wasn't the right fit for the club. Um, so, but I feel like I could see him. I could uh, maybe I could see him in Sheffield. I could. Hammond, Mike Hammond is a very good player, and he's seen that when he addressed the goalie with that deke and that goal. That that he, goal was got good something. Goals. He has got something, and I feel like he suits Sheffield. I 100% feel like he's huge. He's a luxury player, isn't he? He really is. He's the kind of guy that you're not going to see skate his bollocks off every single no. night. Um, so he's he's Sheffield, isn't it? Surely. Yeah. He's a, he's a kind of a Valorant kind of player, isn't he? Where, yeah, you know. And then you've got yeah. Pellini. Pellini is, if you believe the rumour accounts, coming back to Nottingham. I, I don't think he should, but it depends if he wants to come back and he's happy. Uh, if, if Paredes has dropped dangled the carrot to get him back um, I'd rather these players go and do their European ventures because uh, then does it lead to Betteridge coming back um, I don't want Waller personally back in Cardiff I want him to go to a European gig but then it comes to as we've announced today well as uh, the Ravensburg announced today that Pete Russell is not going back heavily rumoured to be going to Cardiff, he's going to want his Brit core, isn't he? Oh, big time. He'll want that Brit core. And he'll want a strong one. 
But also, it'd be one of them he could tempt him with the right contract, knowing that they'll play the minutes to prove that they're worthy of a shot of making the GB. So the, so the likes of Duggan and, and to Ben Davies, it potentially opens up uh, some doors for them, not making the team this year. Anything to add, John? You're sitting there with a little smile on your face. What's going on? <laughs> no, it's, just... it's like the cat with a cream, isn't he? <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie, boys. I'm at the point now. I'm just in a lot of pain, and I'm just kind of trying to get through the uh, last few minutes. The Nottingham sure. drugs are wearing off. Normally happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not being funny. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really. <laughs> I got, I got sold some dodgy drugs. Um, yeah, so I've lived on my sofa for the last about well, 50 hours. Where I've been home and uh, trying to sit comfortably. It's not easy sometimes. So, uh, but let's talk yeah, about that, boys. Soldiering on. Let's talk about that. Obviously, Pete Russell's heavily rumoured to be going back to Cardiff. Tetlow's back in Nottingham. Craig Moore's in uh, Dundee. Walla, what do you think? Should he go abroad? Uh, do you think Betteridge is coming back? Thoughts, boys? Yeah, I think Walla needs to go abroad. Um, I think even if, if he does, OK, it's, it's before Pete Russell's time. Um, or whoever is the coach. Um, but I think the damage has been done by the devils themselves I think that they've not really given this guy the eyes he deserves he to me I've said many many times is a top six forward on any team in the league particularly in Cardiff you know he, he played top six in the first season uh, top three in fact he was on the first line early doors in the CHL and for whatever reason they bounced him about maybe they could argue to try and get the lines going but he's a first second line player all day long Apparently, if you lead, I don't know the players these days, I don't get involved, but apparently his partner's from the, the church here anyway, so is that a reason to go and play over there? Um, so, if that's a link that, because I think wherever he goes, he's probably going to be earning less money at the thought, potentially, than he'd get in Cardiff, because I'm sure Cardiff will be more than happy to chuck the, the checkbook at him to make him stay, because the guy is quality, and I think that, He's more than proved that playing with GB now he can handle international hockey as well. Um, if Nottingham have got Tello back and they do bring back Pellini and they do bring back Bertridge, which is always a possibility for all three, you then go say, well, at the end of the day, Nottingham looks strong. And if, if Russell gets the job in Cardiff, it gives him the opportunity then to, I would say, cherry pick. But if you're a Brit looking to play for the national team next season, and the national team coach is coaching domestically. That gives him a lot of a draw over the clubs in that surely he can effectively tempt whoever he wants with the right offer under the guise of not just playing for your, your devils, but playing for your national team come Pule next year. I'll be honest with you, I'd take Waller and Sheffield in the heartbeat. We had him in the Elite Series. And I said then, this kid's something special. I'd spotted him, well I say spotted him, but I noticed his name crop up in the points for Guildford the year before, uh, the season that was um, the COVID year. And I'm like, yeah, we need, this is one player that we need to bring in. You move hella high water. So for him to have gone to Cardiff was quite, and I mentioned it a number of times, was quite the gutting um, signing for us. But would I like to see him go abroad? Yeah. Um, expand his horizon. I think, in fairness, Tetlow looks the better player for a year in Finland. It'd be nice for him to do a second year because um, his stats were decent for a defenseman uh, in the, the Mestis League. Betteridge looks a better player for spending a year um, in a different country. So you just hope, give him, have two or three years, broaden that horizon, ignore 95% of British fans. Oh, you need to come to our club. No. Go away. Go to Europe. Explore. The, the, the world game and enjoy it get so much more than you'll get than you just stick into the British game you want to see our players because in fairness if they then go it gives the younger guys the chance to step up not development but it gives them the chance to refine themselves and then so they could be the ones to move on to the next you know so, sort of you, you produce more so I want to see him go abroad I want to see him challenge himself maybe if he's, if it's right his, his uh, good ladies uh, from Chechia have a, a stint at the to check the chance maybe the chance league of the second division, and then get a, a shot at playing in the uh, the top league. It's a decent league, and it'd be good to see uh, a British player break into that. And then when you see that happen, you've got Kirk, maybe back in the HL East Coast, maybe back in in the uh, the SM Liga, and you start seeing British names 
in these top six leagues in Europe, things change. Things develop automatically. Because you then it's not... I mean, it's fair, it's like with coaching. You look at Paul Thompson. I think he was the first British one to, to coach in the DEL. Pete Russell goes across, does the same. I know Pete, um, Tom is now doing quite well for himself in Denmark. But, you know, you see the first one, and then you see that you can trust that one, you can trust the next one. And I think that, if if the players take the punt and go for it, it, it can only be good for them, but better for the GB programme. I agree, and then maybe you now start seeing then if like likes of uh, Waller and stuff go abroad. Um, Scott, stop acting like a diva, please. That's my role. Thank you very much. Um, I tell you what, you're just so annoying sometimes, Mister Finlayson. Right, I forgot what I was going to say. Now, could you just like all the attention on camera? Yes. Um, if Waller and Sanko do go abroad, and hopefully there'll be more, because they'll always get better. Look at Pellini. Pellini's a way better player now. For those couple of seasons he had abroad, it's finishing. It's just lights out. And, and okay, if it's your domestic team that loses a player like that, it's, it's frustrating. But by the same token, sure you want these guys to get the best opportunities that's going to you know, only enhance them as players. And if they come back to the league, whenever that is, there'll be better players for it. Do now start getting a few of the young Brits back from overseas that have been over in North America or places in, in Europe, the 18, 19, 20-year-olds, will they get given a chance in the elite league? Hopefully, I don't know if that will be the case, but there's just many young kids over in North America right now that are dying to turn pro over here. A bit like the guy in uh, Dundee, Brian. This is where the team will give them a chance because it's going to be the next generation of Brits we want to play for the national team. Where are they going to come from? Because they need to be playing elite league hockey fairly soon. And if they don't, this is a short, you know, run we're going to have of, you know, top tier hockey unless we get guys to come in over the next three years, five years to replace them. And it'd be sad if that doesn't happen. Yeah, and I think for me, it shows that with the guys in the NIHL, yeah, they got the call up to the extended squad. Let's not piss about here. You're not getting in the main squad if you're not playing elite league hockey. You can score 50-odd goals a season in that league when it's 8-6 a game. Um, so, yeah, if they want to play for GB, they need to make the step up. And then you've got the players that didn't make it this year with uh, Davis and Duggan. If they stay in Cardiff and Russell's going there, they're going to have a point to prove. They want to have big seasons. And then you've got the, uh, if, I don't know, Mr. Ferrara's personal circumstances, but he could be the hottest free agent in town, GB-wise, because guys is a natural goal scorer. Didn't work out in Nottingham for whatever reason. It'd be interesting to see where he ends up, whether Sheffield take a, a punt on him again or whatever. I don't know where he's going, but um, he's he's going to want to do his business this year, even if he doesn't have... Even if he has to ch- take a drop in wage to prove his point, who knows? But maybe, th- maybe there's a goal scorer there. There's a few people, like you say, there's a, there's a fair number. And there's also some that didn't even make the conversation that will think, I think I can mingle and, and compete with these players. I can go do that. And like you say, there's, there's, there's now the carrot of playing for country. Next year, it's the carrot of playing for country at the top table. You're dining with the Canadians. You're eating with the Americans. You're drinking with the Swedes and the Finns. It's not every day you get to do that. I mean, Price, we, we didn't do it for 25 years until 2019. Now Dave, I've had another opportunity. Can I jump in a second? No, that's our job, to drink with the Swedes and the Finns. Oh, we will okay? do that. But I'm all about the play. But you know the metaphor I'm using. Yeah, right? oh, I guys, know, but let's just... Don't meet your high standards. Uh, let's let's yeah. just like make sure they're being professionals now. Don't give them the wrong impression now what happens on these trips. Our players are very professional, and they don't frequent bars... That's our job. But I think it shows with this league as well. Um, Nathaniel Halbert last year, lights out season for the Blaze. I, I had a conversation with him. He wanted to progress his career. He ended up signing back. And it shows that teams and coaches are looking at his league because now he's got that big move to um, the Austria League. So, and then obviously going up. The GB guys, all they need to do is just put themselves on the market because scouts are clearly looking at the league. 
what they are doing. And we go back to Kirk and you, you know, you had that whole experience of scouts coming over to watch him. Scouts aren't going to go and, and go, right, we only look at one player. Who else is there? Who else is on the market? Who else could you take a punt? And if that scout goes, not good enough for our league, but I've got a friend in that league. By the way, have a look at this guy. And it, and it does feel to do, you know, just at NHL or in Europe, you know, there may be someone, I mean, Sheffield had um, Gunnar Svensson, God bless his uh, soul, who was quite the scout in Sweden. And that helped, um, helped Dowd with his move eventually to to Troja. They're out there and they will look. Kirk broke the mould. And now it's, you, you, you know, they'll go, where's the next diamond in the rough? Used to go France, maybe Slovakia, the other case in Slovenia. Now, thanks to the league and, and, the, the, and the programme that's collectively, in, in a weird sort of way, worked together. Great Britain now is in that conversation where they'll say, may not be hundreds of them, may not be tens of them, but there may be the odd diamond in the rough who we can take a punt on. And it may not be the NHL, but it may be one of the top six leagues in Europe. And it just makes things more competitive and it just does the job. Hey, boys, I wanted to talk, but you probably see by my face. I'm kind of pulling some contorted images, I'm sure, your ends, and I'm not exactly uh, come to what we say. The ribs have spoken. Um... Yeah, they, they silenced me. It took a long, a lot of silence me, and unfortunately, I don't want to cry on the podcast. But yeah, um, th- there's no too good, too bad. There's no yays or nays. The GB are going to Prague, and uh, we're going to have a good time. So, uh, Mr. Grant, Mr. Williams, I'll see you boys soon. Looking forward to Six and that, Yes, and that wraps up this special episode. Let's go GB!